Welcome to What's Your Hustle? In this episode, I have a chat with the author of Gentle With You, a parenting and self-care book. Heather and I have an open conversation about self-care. We talk about the importance of creating a safe space for yourself, showing up for ourselves in a way that is authentic, and always setting time aside to do the things we love. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle? Self-care and you with my guest, Heather Scott. Hey listeners, it's Halima with What's Your Hustle, and I'm here with a very special guest, a returning guest to the podcast, Heather Scott. How are you, Heather? Hi, I'm really well. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. Heather is the author of Gentle With You, and I and I read the book, and I Heather and I talked about it, and we discussed it, and we were like, you know what? It's a good podcast self-care let's talk about self-care because i find like in hustle you're always going you're on the go you if you're a parent heather you're a parent you're like i need to put everybody's needs above my own and before myself and self-care tends to be the last thing on the menu well i often when i start talking to people i often ask them where they are on their own priority list because some people just put others first a lot I had one person who got back to me after reading and she said, so glad I read this book because I thought that I needed to be exhausted or ill in order to take care of myself. But I can take care of myself as a proactive thing. Yeah. Yay. When did your book get released? Ebook came out on October 31st of 2021. And that was on Amazon and all of the electronic booksellers, all the ebooks. And then I got my copies, and it was available on Amazon in November, and I got my copies in early December. It's a beautiful little baby. I read it. I, I'm i not a parent yet. Um, if it's in the cards for me by the universe, I greatly will welcome it. But it's for me, it's probably like a how-to guide in how to not forget myself and lose myself in that parenting journey. What inspired your book? I had a sad thing happen in my family. So someone was diagnosed with uh, a terminal illness and he ended up passing away at the end of 2018. And then I really got present to how I had not been taking care of myself. I had been telling everyone who would listen that it was a good idea to take care of themselves, that caregiver burnout was really high incidence and I told everyone about that except I didn't do it for myself so I got really sick in January of 2019 I saw way too much of my doctor for this that and the other test after test on different things and I mean it was all preventative and it all worked out in the end but it took about 10 months of checking all kinds of stuff and what I noticed is that If I was taking care of myself, not only did I feel better and operate better in my life, but I could show up for other people that I cared about in my life in a better way. In in October of that year, I met a publisher and was joking about some ideas that I had. And he said, oh, those are some really good ideas. I like those. My joke was that I'm in the process of starting like menopause and my teenagers were 
really in puberty, and I was like, it's amazing everyone's still alive. Yay! <laughs> so I thought that was a good start. So self-care kind of forcefully found you, would you say? I, I feel like it fell into your lap that way because it had to. Yeah, it was the big, bold letters of, you know, start walking. If a parent is coming across your book, what is the one thing you want them to keep in mind while reading it? Be gentle with themselves. One of the things that is so rough in our society right now is we need to be doing this, 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 and this, like the ongoing to-do list. And yeah, if, if you haven't been taking care of yourself or if you're just beginning, if you just want to take one little baby step, really do offer yourself some compassion because it is it is not a perfection thing it is a progression it really is. like anything good in life i find that it is progression over perfection and then your goals will start slowly start to manifest themselves i think in terms of how you can show up better for the people in your life right and you know your kids and setting an example of what taking care of yourself can do in terms of being there, right? Because I think it's that same old thing of we can't really, we can't really take care of other people if we're not taking care of ourselves first, I think. Well, that's the funny thing is that most people have heard that and they understand it in their brain. It's just that it's not implemented in their actions much at certain times of their lives. I mean, lots of fluctuation and everybody needs to be flexible and yeah we all know it but sometimes knowing it doesn't change much so the modeling that we do I'm really excited about the next generations that will be parenting because when I talk to young moms or younger women who haven't had children yet and I talk about self-care the most common response I get is well, yeah, that's really important, and I'm going to do that. So I feel like some of the, the older parents are the ones that were taught that putting everyone else first was really how they showed caring. And eh, you can't pour from an empty cup, and even on the airplane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on. Would you say that you found self-care? I want to say, for me, I think that self-care, again, goes back to that progress over perfection and it's just one of these things that's like it's a constant it's like a to me it's like it feels like almost a second job to remember that like oh yeah I have to like put me first in the sense of like if that means that I'm waking up at 5 a.m to like do yoga or go to the to get ready to go to the gym before I can start my day it's like it's work (laughs) let's let's just be honest it's work well, and it's, it's really helpful sometimes to have an outside source for that. So my commitment to other people is very strong. So if I say I'm going to be someplace, I'm going to be someplace, or I'm going to be in communication to let you know I can't make it. My commitment to others is very sure. It's, a, it's a quite a sure thing. My commitment to myself, if nobody else is involved in the conversation, is like still a little bit dicey at times and yeah some people like to put themselves into the day first because then it happens I personally like to look forward
forward to some of the things that I put in my day. So I've scheduled to go to the gym after work on Mondays. And I always consider it, I mean, it sounds so nerdy, but I always consider it a good thing in terms of me trying to build a habit when something happens that I can't work out at 4.30 on Mondays and I'm disappointed. I'm like, oh, that's good. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm finally owning it and viewing it as a reward for my day, not, oh, that's just another thing I have to do. And I think that your listeners, people who have a side hustle, are up to things, are creating and impacting the world, they're using a lot of energy. And, you know, the pour from the empty cup thing is definitely, everybody gets that. And the reality is if you're up to stuff that matters, if you are passionate about something and you're wanting to be effective, to me, self-ongoing, consistent, committed, individual-flavored self-care, could be yoga, could be the gym, it doesn't matter, um, allows for that strong foundation, allows whoever it is that's up to stuff to really deliver on what they care, what they care about. In a way, it's um, being accountable to ourselves first, right? Because how do we, again, it goes back, how do we show up as our best selves if our cups are empty, if we're not accountable to ourselves? And then how do we learn that accountability towards other people and other things and other commitments in our lives if we can't be there for our own self? I think it's like anything, right? It's like start at home. And we're at, we're our own home. Well, and the question is, do we deserve it? Yeah, we really do. We deserve to take good care of ourselves. And I love the idea of like, what's your flavor of self-care? Because I don't care what you do. If it makes you feel cared for, nurtured, warm and fuzzy, relaxed, whatever, then, then do that. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not really optional. I mean, I don't know. As a, as a parent, when I had young children, the day could be decided on if I got an extra hour or two of sleep. The day could be a wonderful day or a, oh gosh, is it over yet day, based on something as simple as that. And so... When, when we try and function as not our best selves, I don't know about you, but I definitely have had moments where I'm like, oh, I really probably shouldn't have said that. That wasn't very kind. But if I'm flat out and depleted... Yeah, I find that even for myself that, you know, on the days where you're just like, I, I can't. Like, I, like my, my body can physically be in an environment... But I'm not present, like I'm not mindful, and I'm not taking in what I need to be taking in, especially if it's a moment that I committed to and want to be there for. I'm like, I don't, I don't get the richness of that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't get the, wow, this is a cool thing that's happening, and I'm here, and I'm in it. I'm just like, it's kind of like an empty shell almost like no one is home because I wasn't able to care for myself in a way that I wanted to whether it could have been a whole week that I've been burnt out from like 
my nine to five or burnt out from like prior social engagements that I had or, you know, just burnt out in general because our, it's like by the time we're, when we're recording this episode, it's like middle of May and it's still snowing outside and you're just like, you're depleted. You're just like, I don't, I don't know how to show up because I can't show up for myself and you're not getting the best you're not getting the best version of me because I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not present and I'm not in the moment and I can't give you what I know you deserve because I deserve the same sort of tenacity and the same sort of energy, but I can't even give that to myself. And it sucks sometimes. (laughs) Let's just be real. It sucks because you do want to be present. I mean, I'm the type of person that nowadays, like if I made a commitment and I guess, like, this is, like, it goes back to, like, can, you know, say no, and, and it's okay to say no, and it's okay to cancel things, because I know that, like, you know, I like to make a commitment, and if I say, like, I'm going to be there, and blah, 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 I'm like, okay, I said I'm going to be there, I'm going to show up, because I, I like where I'm going, I like the people that I'm going to be there with, and I want to show up in a genuine way, but let's say that's planned on a Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes, and it's like, oh, I can't. Like, I can't just... But I, I'm, i like, I'm stuck in that sort of, like, I hate canceling, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but, but let's just look at that. So, so that's such a great example. I was invited to a backyard dance party last August, and I was so excited when I got invited. And then I had one of those weeks, and it got to Friday at 3, and I'm like, and I felt weird saying no to something I had initially been so thrilled about. And I think that there's a really interesting part of what you shared, though, because there's empowering yourself to say no to stuff when you're depleted, which is reasonable because you're a human and you get tired. And, you know, I mean, goodness, in the last two years, have we not learned that don't get depleted because it can impact your immune system. It can impact your overall health and what you can fight off. So saying no is really one component to it. And then what are you turning to and saying yes to? So if you don't go to that engagement that you said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there, and then you had to cancel, what are you replacing that with that's actually going to bolster you and energize you or, or nurture you? Because... And this is the thing, too, with, I work with people who just need an outside source to connect with. So they do an experiment. Okay, I'm going to take a look at my week, and I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'm going to look at the weekend, and I'm going to see what I've committed to, and I'm going to see where I am in all of that. Do I get what I need? Do I get to sit down and do a meditation or read my book or go for a quiet walk. Checking to see where you exist in your own schedule is a lot of the work that I do with people because sometimes you just need outside accountability. Mm -hmm. So when you were saying like, I had to say no on Thursday, the reality was in you saying no to that engagement, you were saying yes to I think we are from a generation that, like, especially now, we're giving much more 
well emphasis. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing because I am an advocate for this. I think we are giving much more attention to mental health. And to me, mental health is such a big part of self-care because how can I, again, like I can be present. My body is there mentally. I am checked out because what if, what if my nine to five was just crap, right? In the four days. What if like family stuff was happening and I, and I, and you know, things happen in your life. And I think like a huge component has what taught me about self-care is therapy. Like I, I completed a full year of it and it was honestly one of the best experiences that I've, that I've been through. And I think that it's just very interesting just to, those moments where it's like, no, I can't and I, and I have to cancel last minute. And yes, I am sorry that, I'm not sorry that I'm canceling. I'm sorry that I can't see you, but we will, if they are true people that are genuine people and they will want to see you, there's always another day, right? There's always, or you hope, or a phone call or something. And absolutely. And, and I really want to acknowledge the commitment that you made to yourself and the investment that you made to yourself in, in pursuing that. And that is, that's something that I'm uncovering in me, which is I have sometimes a, a dialogue in my head that says people don't really want to take care of themselves. People just want to be busy for the end, you know, till the end of time. They want to talk about busy. They want to almost brag about busy. I, I personally don't want to ever win the busy wars. I, I find it like, you're really busy. Cool. So I've had to combat assuming that people don't want to invest in it. But the reality is there are people who want to invest in themselves. They want to take time. They want to be present. They don't want to be an empty shell for their kids, for their partners, for people that they love, for the job that they actually care about and want to show up for. So, yeah, I've had to watch that, that I don't let my cynicism that occurs sometimes of, oh, well, who's ever going to, you know, take these sessions or come to this webinar about self-care? People show up. People do care about themselves and they want to learn. And it's been, it's been informative for me. I have to keep my mind open. And you said it there, the open-mindedness of of self, I think, the open-mindedness of, like, we are not one thing that society has told us that we are. You are not just a young adult trying to navigate this world. I think, you know, I've had plenty of conversations about, like, you can be 33, you can be 50, you can be 50, like, you can be 60, you can be 80, and finally find yourself. Like, I think there's just so many different stages of learning self-care and learning that you are worth I think the big thing especially when I hear other people embarking on the journey of let's say mental health therapy or self-care I think the biggest thing is knowing that you are worth the work because anything anything of value in your life that is good and prosperous takes work I mean it it 
we are, I think as human beings, we are so messy. And especially because, you know, we carry, we carry so many things around with us. We carry parent guilt. We carry daughter guilt. We carry son, father guilt. We carry they, them, their guilt. Like, we carry so many things with us in our lives that we just, like, I need to put it down. <laughs> we, we, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know one of your common things are, like, one of your common things is just, like, so are you gonna take that and just gonna put it over there and get to it when you want to get to it or, or just leave it, right? Like, pick it up and put it down because it's a heavy, heavy weight that I think as we as humans carry in terms of being easy on ourselves because society has told us you have to keep going and being easy on yourself and caring for yourself is the last thing that should be on your list. I, I did a, a gift hour for a community that I'm a member of, and it was about being gentle with you. That's the title of my book. And so it was, you know, why would you want to choose self-care? Well, you know, if you care about what you're up to and you want to have a strong foundation, it's a good investment. And I, I would say that it's work, but I would also say it's commitment. So committing to being a full-range human, committing to be, I, I call it messy or fabulous. And sometimes I'm fabulous and sometimes I'm messy. And the reality is that I just want to be real. I'm going to be one extreme and the other and everything in between. But of the, of the three points that I talked about in this gift hour, the first one was releasing guilt. Guilt doesn't help anybody. I mean, there's some real guilt, like if you, you know, intentionally kill a plant, that's kind of nasty, but there's just this floaty, random guilt, like, let that go. That's not helping a soul. The next piece is just to forgive yourself, that you might not have been caring for yourself. I had two different people who, friends and, and relatives who bought the book and said to me, I've had to stop reading the book because I'm not taking care of myself. And I was like, oh my God. So I thought, oh, like that component of forgiving yourself, I, I need to forgive myself for things that I didn't, goodness, when I was a young mom going flat out, I was not kind to myself. I can choose to forgive myself. And the last piece is give yourself permission because you are worth And those three things, I mean, to anybody who's listening, you know, consider. And it doesn't have to be, oh yeah, I knocked them all out of the park in a half an hour. You might want to just sit with those three and pick a little bit here and pick a little bit there. Like, what could I let go of today that might make me feel a bit lighter? What could I forgive myself for today? And what can I give my permit, myself permission for? I've started doing um, uh, sensory deprivation floats. They are incredible. <laughs> and so I'm giving myself permission that when they have a sale, I buy a couple of passes and I hold on to them for when I really want to. And that's, and it doesn't have to be money. You can give yourself permission to take 10 minutes when you pull into the garage and just sit there for a minute and chill out and collect yourself. Giving yourself, I think giving yourself permission 
to be free and do the things you want to do. Like, even if it's five minutes, like, dancing to a song. Like, how often do we forget that we have our own places and... Or we live with people that we love and have seen us at our worst and have seen us at our craziest and... And we forget that we can just, like, flat out, like, dance in the kitchen and and just be fun and silly and play and get back to that, like, I want to say childlike, but get back to that freedom of carefreeness, I think. And, you know, because as adults, we have responsibilities. Let's not say we don't. We do. And I mean, there's times that we have to, you know, keep our responsible adult hat on. It's a gross hat. I'm going to be honest. Oh, honey, today <laughs> I had to go and pick up my taxes. I mean, I know I know how to adult. <laughs> it's just not that much fun. It's not. And, you know, I think, like, that carefreeness of, like, taking 10 minutes and in your car and just, just listening to your favorite song or or waiting until, you know, your favorite song is over on the radio before you go into the store and just, like, belting out. Like, there's moments where I'm just like, I'm going to wait till this whole two-minute-and-30-second song is over on the radio before I go inside, even though I can find it. I can find it on my Spotify. But I'm like, no, I'm going to wait and enjoy this moment where everything is quiet and I'm in my car and I'm safe. Right. And I think like the big thing is being safe with yourself, getting to the point where you know yourself well enough to be like, I need a moment where I just do nothing. If that is my self-care thing. You know, bringing up safety is actually so beautiful. So thank you, because what I'm noticing with my own practice is that there are times where things go sideways in life. And the growth that I'm starting to notice in myself is that when things go sideways, I used to fully abandon myself. And I used to criticize myself for not having anticipated this, for letting things go sideways, even if I didn't have much control. And the growth that I'm experiencing is that I no longer abandon myself when things go not perfect. And that is really trust building for me with me. And it also, um, I, a friend gave me this years ago and she said, my new year's resolution is to be as kind and loving to myself as I would a really good friend who I love. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. That seems like the simplest bunch of words for me to say. But if you start practicing it, when things aren't great, and you offer yourself a moment of compassion, or I think I I posted recently, I found something where I was writing out affirmations, and one of my affirmations was, I am doing the very best that I can right now. That's not rocket science. I'm not creating world peace, but for me to just say that to myself in a moment of struggle, wow, that's a nice thing to hear. Yes, I am doing the very best that I can. And so that creates safety. I was having conversations earlier today about the connection between safety and creativity. And I don't think that we thrive much if we don't have a place where we can... How do we be ourselves? How do we be genuine? Yeah. Yeah. So creating a safe space for 
me, it's been really important. And I watch that, you know, rough things happen and things show up and you're like, oh, I would not have picked that. But if you don't abandon yourself or beat yourself up for, you know, you should have known better or whatever, and you just deal with the thing, then you're just dealing with the thing. You're not dealing with the thing plus the other dialogue that you're having, which is just me. Not helpful. I wouldn't say that to anybody that I cared about. No. I say it to myself. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. A great thing that I learned in therapy was like, would you say that to your best friend? So, no, you're right. Like you just said, you would never, you would never be like, oh, you, you don't got it today. That you would never say that. And I think that treating ourselves as our best friends, it's a form of, the self-love, the self, let's talk about the self-love that comes from realizing when you get to that point, because it takes work to get to this point. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm my own best friend, because you're not, (laughs) you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm my own best friend. And even when you get to this point where you're like, I love myself more than enough to realize that I am okay with where I am, there's going to be days where you don't feel that. Even when you get to that point, there's going to be days where it's like, my best friend has like tape over her mouth and I can't hear them at all. And it's one of these things that it's like, I'm not trying to hear them because right, I just can't. And in those situations where it's just rough, like no matter what you're trying, I'm finding myself that it's nice to just have a little toolkit that I can like fall back on like a meditation I can listen to on the app on my phone um can I go for a short walk can I go for a short drive do I have a playlist that will just soothe me so you know because what one thing that happened since I published this book and I've been talking to groups and people about this is some people will say oh you talk about self-care well, I'm fine. I go to yoga. I'm like, well, that's great. But I'm not monitoring whether you're doing self-care right. <laughs> it's very individual. And so sometimes people say to me a version of, I'm fine. I'm like, well, I'm glad if you're fine. And if you're fine, great. And it might be worthwhile to say, like, how do I really feel? Or when was the last time I did something that made me giggle or that made me smile with satisfaction or where you were really looking forward to doing nothing. I mean, this is our life and having things in it that bring you joy or happiness or contentment or peace, very, very valuable. Very valuable. And it's the small things, I think. At the end of every sort of chapter in your book, you have questions about, like, how are you showing up for you? How does this make you feel? You know, one of the great examples that I read was like, uh, you were asking a parent, um, what are you guys doing this summer? And the parent is like, oh, I'm doing, we're doing this, this, and this. The kids have this, 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 and that. And then you're thinking like, yeah, but what are you doing for you? Right? And, and it's one of these things where it's like, my best, my best friend would, would be like, yeah, girl, but what are you doing for you? And that's just it, right? 
And I think that the inner, I call her my inner bad bitch. That is the title of her. Um, she is my best friend. She is me. She, we have to name her. It's funny when you have to name your alter ego and you're just like, well, I can't choose Beyonce. Beyonce's already taken. But so I name my, I name my inner bad bitch Halima because it's, it's part of who I am. It is an extension of me and it is a best friend version of who I try to show up as for myself first. And we forget to show up for, I think, like, circling back, we do forget to show up for ourselves. We forget that, like, your best friend would show up for you. You know, your best friend makes you feel safe. Your best friend will will be out, will wake up when you're calling at 1.30 in the morning, you hope, unless your phone is on silent. But, you know, your best friend is in your top five callers um, because they're there and they're ready to listen. And, you know, we could say, like, oh, don't talk to yourself. But, I mean, having that inner dialogue of journaling and even writing out these questions or what small thing did I do today that made me happy. We talk about meditation and and that is something that I know that you do and it's part of your routine of self-care. There's this great meditation that I found on Goodful and I'll, I'll link the description. It's on YouTube. It's 10 minutes. I do it before bed. It's a nighttime thing. And it's one of the things is like, take a deep breath and what is the thing you're grateful you did today for yourself? And the moderator is pretty much like, it could be anything. Like, did you go for a walk today? Did you, did you brush your teeth today? Right? Because these are real things that, like, we forget to do when self-care is really hard. Like, you, people can laugh and say, oh, you didn't brush your teeth. No, but that is a self-care mental health thing. Lots of people can't. If they can't show up for themselves, a small task such as that is is really difficult, and it shouldn't be undermined. No, absolutely not. And what I experienced when I started working with the counselor after this death in my family is my person said to me, okay, Heather, you know, I'd like you to just, you're coming back in two weeks, I'd like you to take care of yourself every day, however that looks, one or two things a day if you can manage it. And I was like, oh, like I got a homework assignment of being good to myself. Okay. So I went and I did it. And I did whatever, whatever, meditation, you know, made a nice meal, had a nice long shower, whatever. Not, not expensive. And I really noticed that I felt better. And when I got back to see her, I said, wow, I really felt better. Like that felt so her saying it to me as an outside voice, as an assignment or whatever, somehow clicked with me and registered and I could do it. And so I said, oh, I did that for two weeks. I feel so much better. I said, so for how long do I do this? Like, um, you know, like I thought it was like a course of treatment, like, oh, you're on antibiotics for 10 days or whatever it is. Yeah. And she laughed and she's like, oh, Heather, you do that like every day for the rest of your life. And the reason I thought about it is it's like brushing your teeth. Brush your teeth every day. And we all know how we feel when we forget to brush our teeth. We get the furry, yuck feeling. And it's the same with self-care. 
yourself too many days in a row doesn't feel good. And so I would love to, for those people who are listening, um, I'd love to phrase it as a small experiment that they could do if they wanted. And that is for one thing every day for a week. And whether you make a note in your phone to remind you, pick. Whether you make a note or talk to somebody else so that you can have a buddy to do it. I would love, I, I would love the idea of a world where more people are taking care of themselves because the odds of them showing up as somebody that they can be proud of, as well as somebody who's really great to interact with, goes way up. That's beautiful. I was going to ask, like, what advice would you give to those who are struggling? Well, Sorry. That, that's, an, that's a, something to experiment with. But the thing that I would say to someone who's struggling is it's okay. Yeah. episode without your top five songs self-care to me means music it means laughter dancing all the things singing terribly to some of the best songs heather what are your top five songs i like rise up by under day i found it really inspiring in the last couple of years enjoyed it i like brave by sarah Bareilles because I think anybody who's being a human in today's world is being brave in lots of ways. I like Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. There was a really sweet little video right at the beginning of the pandemic that was um, Kermit the Frog, and it made me happier. I loved it. I, I like um, Hypnotize. I just, I just like it quite a bit. It's a bit giggly, but me want to move and my last one is my way by frank sinatra because i like doing things my way so <laughs> that song resonates with me amazing yeah. heather where can people find a copy of your book to order and support yeah so if they want to explore being gentle with themselves it's called Gentle With You, um, Connecting Self-Care and Parenting. And I would suggest that if you're interested in self-care, that's what comes through the most. Uh, I do tell stories about being a parent. And the main reason I wrote that way is that's what my experience has been. And you can get it on Amazon um, quite easily. Barnes & Noble, Kindle, all the ebook locations. And if you would like, I, I actually am just in the process of signing at the Daisy Chain Bookstore in downtown Edmonton. So some copies will be available there. And that's um, in High Street, right at about 125th Street. And then if you'd like a signed copy, you can email me and I can mail it out to you. Perfect. I will put the link of where to find Heather's book in the description of this episode. 
Heather, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking self-care. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as a friend helping me guide through life and all of its craziness. I think we're doing it together. Thank you for always supporting my journey and those around you and their journeys of self-care and discovery and what makes them happy and what sparks joy in their lives. You are truly an incredible person and thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you very much, Lima, for the opportunity to talk about one of the things I like most. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle, created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussein. We will be taking a little break over the summer and we'll be back with new episodes. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcast. Follow on Spotify as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.